I'm Christina Torres, and I'm on a mission to help baby big deal brands embrace their big deal energy, aka the vibes, verbal strategy, and customer experience that makes them unlike anyone else in the market. So many of my clients have that thing, that thing that draws people to them, but it feels kind of elusive and pretty hard to nail down. Add to that, they're wildly creative, crazy busy, and have a hard time fitting into traditional strategic marketing boxes. That's a recipe, my friends, for a whole mess of wildly talented people burning bright and then burning out. That's where I and this podcast comes in, helping brands like yours move out of the fake it till you make it and into the be it while you make it with a blend of systems, gorgeous customer experience, and bold, easy to design messaging advice from me and the occasional biz bestie. So best regards to burnout and half-baked messaging and say hello to big deal energy vibes, bank accounts, and boundaries. Let's go. Hey friend, I have an amazing episode, one that goes all over the place, and it's with one of my favorite British people on the planet, to be quite frank. Sorry, all my other British friends. But I just love Nicola Moores. She's an amazing launch copywriter. We have been in a bunch of little baby groups, and we have grown up to big girl copywriters right in front of each other's eyes. She has written for a ton of places, entrepreneur, online magazine, Oh, all the things. After this episode, go run to her Instagram. Her content is so good. And she wrote for some of your favorite coaches out there. If you have recently bought something in heavy launch, coaching program world, probably Nicola has written it. We get into dating as an entrepreneur. We get into brand voice guides. We get into what baby Nicola was like. It's amazing. I love this episode. I love Nicola. And without further ado, let's listen to my chat with the best, the one, the only, launch copywriter, Nicola Morris. So, great juice cleanse. Yes, I'm on this juice cleanse. And maybe this could be really fun because I feel like this is something I've been seeing in the last... It happened before the pandemic, but I feel like more so after the pandemic. But I'm trying to... Nick, I'm trying to get sober. And I'm just going to throw it out there. And so I was like, I need, maybe I need to just like reset my life. So I'm on this juice cleanse. It hasn't been horrible. To be quite frank, I don't have much of an appetite despite my size. My size is definitely just from sitting on my ass 10 hours a day and not necessarily from eating. But so far, so good. I feel like pandemic was really wine time. Like I just remember just drinking wine at really insane, weird hours. But now I'm trying to get back to being a normal human. So what's your relationship with drinking well, these well, days? I don't want to like laugh at what you just said, because I know that it's not always something to laugh about, if that makes sense. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're figuring it out and finding something that works for you. I think, I don't know, the pandemic was such a weird time. And I know, I mean, when it first kicked off, I use that phrase, I... Mm-hmm went through a breakup a month later and so I spent three or four weeks where I literally didn't speak to anybody apart from my local shopkeeper where I'd buy my cigarettes and to be honest it was actually really good for me not the smoking bit but it was really good for me in the sense of I was sort of forced to deal with my feelings and emotions but it got very easy maybe not during the pandemic but definitely just after 
finishing work, having a glass of wine and that would go into, you know, it would only be one glass of wine a night, maybe a glass and a half or two glasses. So it was never loads. It was always in moderation. But when you're yeah. doing it every single night after work or nearly every single night after work and then having drinks at the weekend when you're with your friends, I was like, mm, I don't have a problem as such, but this is not moderation anymore, I don't think. So if my camera was working, I would show you. I have a delicious wine thing, which is full. <laughs> oh, good for you. I have a wine subscription. <laughs> oh, I used to. I used to have one. And then I said, I can't have these because if it's in the house, I'm going to drink it. I'm yeah. just going to drink it. And I just have so much joy. Like, you know, who the people who are like, they drink. And they're like, I don't really like it. I don't really like the way it makes me feel. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Then why would you drink? Because that's why I drink. I love the way it makes me feel. It's the best. It's like after. It's the recovery. I used to be able to like drink, wake up, have a coffee, eat a bagel and be completely fine. Now I drink it. I'm like, oh, my God, for four days. I don't know who I'm just like, I can't function beyond my minimal human tasks. And so I'm trying to reestablish either a healthy relationship or no relationship. No, I get it. I just had the first half of February, I was supposed to do a whole month, but I didn't make it. The irony. I had dry February, so dry fortnight. Because, oh, like that. yeah, well, in January, I went to Mexico. I had margaritas every single day. Oh, yeah. Before that, obviously, I might be able to tell by accident. If you're listening, I live in England. So we left the pub in England. So I would have a habit of going to the pub with my neighbors, my friends after work. And just being there until closing and having a great time, having so much fun. And in the morning, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> and so it got to the point where in January, after I'd been in Mexico and drank every single day, I was like, no, I'm going to give my body a break. And, you know, I really enjoyed it. I actually went to the pub a few times and had ginger beer, which is so good. Not alcoholic, obviously. It was so nice waking up the next day, not feeling tired and just feeling refreshed. It was good. Yeah, that was like, I think the weirdest part. Like, I think I woke up this morning and I was like, wait, I don't feel dread. <laughs> so, right to that point, I was supposed to have a therapy appointment this morning. Didn't happen, but it's a newer person. I got insurance. So I was like, oh, I can get like a real, I don't have to do any of those weird Instagram, but those Instagram depression doctors now. I can have like a real doctor. So I was like, oh, okay, great. I'm filling out this stuff. And it was just like, how do you feel? Like, they always ask you, like, how do you feel when you wake up? And I always feel really bad. And I'm like, do people feel, like, great and rested? Like, I'm just like, no, I want to stay in bed. Like, are people, like, just waking up Cinderella-esque? And they're just like, yeah, I can't wait for this day. I'm like, uh, every day. But today I kind of felt like, oh, I mean, I'm not excited about getting out of this bed, but I don't feel this dread or like can I just sleep five more minutes or do I feel like you know despite being kicked in the face all night because I have a seven-year-old son who won't get out of my bed but I did feel <laughs> relatively like I can be a human and productive like this is what life must feel like when you're not a having a glass of wine or two or three every night and eating bread and cheese a solid diet of bread and cheese <laughs> well this is progress Although, to be honest, I cannot relate to people who wake up in the morning and just get up so fast and they're just awake and they make coffee. I need a good 20 minutes of just don't speak to me, leave me alone. I just want to bemond here for a bit longer. 
no. Even if I don't get drunk the night before and I've had a great night, no alcohol, whatever, I'm not getting up in the morning refreshed and jumping out of bed. I need a few minutes of me time to wake up slowly. Yeah. I think I might I get up and go. I just either get up and go begrudgingly or get up and go. And it's like, wait, what was I just doing? Why did I just like, what was the first thing I was going to do? So, yeah, let's not let's not count all our chickens. It's been like day three of the cleanse, maybe day two. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is not that bad. And I subscribe to it. So instead of a wine subscription, like at least once a month, I'm going to do this like one week or five day little like reboot cleanse. I also have a lot of pandemic weight to lose. And I was like, well, I'll just drink liquids for five days and uh, jumpstart this healthy Beyonce. lifestyle. Hmm? It worked for Beyonce, apparently. I mean, yeah. Luckily, I don't work in an industry where I need to be Beyonce fit. I just like want to just be who the size I was like before the pandemic. What's mm-hmm. really the size I want to get back to. That'd be great. I don't want to be teeny meeny. I'm not going to, I don't have a world tour coming up. Not that I know of, but <laughs> I do have some like fun rebrand pictures I want to take and I'd like to feel comfortable. Like I'm probably only be able to lose like 10 pounds by then, but at least it'll do something I think mindset wise for me going mm-hmm. into that shoot. Cause like part of me was like, let's lose all the weight and then do this shoot. And I'm like, that's going to be the ninth of never. Let's just work on healthy habits. And then by the time the shoot comes, Maybe I won't feel like a bag of poop. Yeah, I like that focusing on healthy habits. I think it's so easy to do when you work for yourself and you work from home. There are days when I don't leave my flat. I'm <laughs> like, that is no. You're 31, so that's week. Leave the flat. I love that. I have not left. I thought about it. And like as, as I was filling out my lovely form, I was like, I guess in some form or way, I've always had a depressive. That's what makes me funny. No, a depressive personality. But I also was like, you also haven't gone outside in three days. And, yeah. I, and then part of me is like, I'm super okay with that. Like, that's fine. The days of the pandemic, I really loved it. But that's why I want to go see someone because I think I need to like integrate back into like real life. I do have a bit of anxiety going into like, like the real world. I'm just like, ugh, there's no Netflix out here. I live in New York. It's freezing. None of my friends really live where I live. And we're all adults and it's not like we're in college where we could be like, ditch that class. Or like we all have a little bit more important, more, we have careers now. So we can't be like, uh, F that day, <laughs> F that client. Let's just go meet up right here and let's go eat some pizza and smoke a bowl. Like we can't do that anymore. We're adults. So it's just like, what's out there? What's out there for me? Nothing. I'm staying inside. <laughs> but then my brain is like, but we need vitamin D. Can you please go outside? I'm like, nah, I'm going to listen to the guy from Muse's new podcast for 24 hours straight and not going to deal with life. No, I, I completely relate to that. I think I have two sides of me. Well, I know I have two sides. I have the side that just wants to sit on the sofa, eat snacks, watch Netflix, like really random. I lo- okay, I'm watching Real Housewives at the moment in New York. I've watched like four seasons <laughs> Are you watching newer ones or are you like binging from the beginning to the... Okay, so I'd only ever seen up to season four, I think, when Jill was still in it. So I've started, I got a Hey You subscription and I've just started season 11 today. (laughs) 
Nice. So I'm like making my way through all of the Real Housewives. And then there's another part of me that is like, I need to be in the deer because I love going for hikes. I love doing things. Not too much. I like to also be off by myself. So there's like the other part of me that says, get out of the flat, go for a walk, get some vitamin D, get some sunshine in your face. And then these are the, yeah, like the other part of me that just, you know, is quite happy being in my flat. Not speaking to my mom. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's the best. I don't know if it's absolutely freezing by you, but it's absolutely freezing here. So yeah, it's getting cold now. Yeah. We're having like really no Now there really isn't. No, I agree. Uh, it's really sickening. There's people who, what's it's like 38 degrees Fahrenheit here today. So it's pretty cold. Uh, what is that, like four Celsius? And it, people go surfing. I live down the block from the beach and people go surfing oh. in this weather. People go surfing. Yeah. I live in a part of, it's been gentrified-ish, but it's always kind of had a surfer crowd. And I think now it's, you know, I don't know, I guess because people can surf here or whatever during this time. But I'm, oh, we're getting also a lot of people who do like those polar dives, those polar dips, like they start their day. So, you know how people are taking cold showers? Like that's like the huge memeable Instagram. Like all these white dudes don't have enough pain in their life. So they go create them by like jumping into really ice cold water. The guy was very charismatic and, you know. I love me a good British accent. So that I feel like that got me 50% committed. And I was like, I love your vibe. Absolutely. And then I thought about it. I was like, mm, let me try it in the shower first before we jump into the Atlantic. And I was like, no, that's just so miserable. It just doesn't do anything for me. I don't like this. No, thank you. I don't want to start my day this way. No, thanks. But that's the thing. That's very much a thing here at 9 a.m. And like children and old people and like it's interesting they just start their day uh, i don't know what children are starting their day at 9 a.m i would like to know if these children have they, do you go to school but maybe they don't and they hop into the ocean i'm just like hmm. i'm just like walking by with my dunkin donuts coffee like i'll just instagram you and keep it moving but that is that is a thing that's how people start their lives here by the sea apparently yeah the ice cold shower thing is not for me no thanks <laughs> good so what is your thing do you have a routine no do you have I a had morning routine i was gonna say did you see the panic on my face but my camera's not working so you <laughs> did no you look really happy you look really jovial about the fact you have no morning routine you know i'm consistently torn about this because part of me thinks oh i would really love to have a routine because i have friends that meditate every day at x time go to the gym be actual adults Get up at a normal time and go to the gym. Then there's the other part of me that now that's not how I work. I like to have a really, maybe my routine is not having a routine. I like to have a really slow morning. I'm making coffee. If I'm going to the office or work at the moment, I'll probably start work between nine or 10, depending on what I'm doing. And then I just play it by ear. I'm, I'm training for a marathon at the moment. So I'm going running. Fun. The way that I tend to do it is once my not motivation but I guess attention for work starts when I notice that I'm, I'm distracted and losing focus I'm like okay I'll go for a run get myself outside get some exercise in come back and I'm ready to start work again so I really like the idea of not having that routine and just really going with the flow of my energy and doing it that way so often I'll find in the evening because I'm, I'm a night owl I will get 
a second wind of energy where I feel really motivated to do something. And so I'll do work for an hour maybe, but I'll get so much done and it's actually really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Whereas if I'd forced myself to do that early in the day, it wouldn't have happened. So no, I don't have a routine. I just tend to listen to my energy, see how I'm feeling. Having said that, the last few days, probably the last few weeks, I've been starting work earlier. I'm at eight o'clock, which shock horror. I'm not even, I wasn't even out of bed today at eight o'clock. So to start work <laughs> like desk at eight, wow, something's going on. And I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Good. So, we'll see. I love that for you. Yeah, I don't really have, I mean, I have a routine just because I think if I didn't have a child, I probably wouldn't have a routine. Like his routine is my routine in the morning. But after that, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do what this day calls for. I don't really, yeah, uh, I don't really know. Some days I've been seeing this trend is like, which I don't know why it's a trend. I just wish people would live their life. Not everything has to be a TikTokable trend. And it was like, I don't know. It was basically do the least Monday. And I was just like, that's not new. Like, what? I'm not starting my, who was starting their Mondays like revved up? I wasn't no, starting was... my Mondays revved up. No, he was doing the most of Mondays. I definitely never was. I was like, wait, what? What, what were you guys doing before? Like people just taking their time and easing into the week. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe because I've always worked in corporate and nobody was giving their best up on a Monday. But, no. like, you know, but even, like, roundup calls or, like, you know, things happen on Tuesday. People are like, no, 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 don't come to me. I'm not presenting anything on a Monday. I'm probably still hungover from my Saturday, Sunday antics. I don't want to do Monday. So maybe it's people who are not, not in drinking culture. But I was like, why is this a thing? So I feel like for Mondays, I like morning. I start like as soon as I wake up, I kind of start doing things. I don't mind that. And then around, I go pretty steady. And then I think around two, anywhere between two and four, my brain is like, I've had enough. I've had enough of big mm. thinking stuff. No, thank you. And then maybe I'll get a, it depends what I've done earlier today. Maybe I'll get a second win. I find right before I fall asleep. So I'm working a project right now. I'm trying to really lean into the fact that my brain and my body knows best in terms like kind of like to your point when it's going to work and like mm -hmm. when things are going to flow. So like forcing myself to sit in front of a computer and like do this project right now when I don't have the creativity or the organization or the desire to do it is not smart. Like, let's just go live our life. Let's go lay on the couch. Let's go for a walk and do some groceries, do something else because we're not going to do it anyway. That literally happened and I went to go to sleep and it was like the headline. It was like 11 p.m. So to your point, it's like there's these weird little gray times. I can't really like put my finger on it. And I sometimes I feel bad. I'm older than you. I'll be 36. I don't have this adult businesswoman routine. I just do like what I want. That's my routine. That's like the best part of being an adult is I just do what I want. <laughs> and I figure out if that was a good idea later. Exactly. And isn't that why we started our business to do what we want? Right. Why are we all pretending we're still in corporate and having routines when? No, I agree. Being an adult is being able to do what you want. And just for a bit of context, I don't have any children and I live alone. So I have this glorious freedom where I can do what I want. So, yeah, I love that. It's great. There's also a lot of that, too. I feel like a lot of people are like, 
I don't know if there's a shame or maybe I'm just hearing it in and out of context. There's maybe something about like people who don't have children or family responsibilities. You don't always have to have children. You can be caregiving for someone else. Like you don't need breaks. Like it's a privilege to have a more structured life as someone who doesn't have children. And it's just like, why don't you just let people be? Life is hard enough. Like there's other things, believe me, there are other things to fill in for that to-do list. People with no children or people with no caregiving responsibilities. Yeah, you still have to take care of yourself. You still have to pay bills. You still kind of have the same responsibility that you don't have to keep another human alive. I'll be honest, it's not as hard as you think. So it's like, okay, yeah, it, it does add more to your day. But I feel like there's like this weird stigma that like single people without caregiving responsibilities, oh, like a shame that you guys have this privilege to do whatever you want with your day. And you're like, nah, you could too, though. I really wanted to. I'm nodding my head so fucking much. Okay, I don't have shame around it, but I get a lot of people who have children. If I ever say, oh, I feel tired or this, I've had it before where they've said, oh, well, you don't have children, so you don't know what real tiredness is. And they'll make it into a joke. Like, oh, wait till you're up all night with a kid. And yes, I'm sure that's hard, but there's different cards. Like, you don't know what's going on in my life. Or like you said, what are the responsibilities I've got? that I may or may not have that could be making my life hard or making me tired or health issues, et cetera. And so people just throw these comments at me. So to your point, like, you're right. You don't know what's going on in somebody's life and life as an adult is hard enough. So why are we all shaming and judging and trying to win the competition of busy and tiredness? (laughs) No, I want to hear from someone like, I feel really great. Like, I would love to hear that from someone. I don't, shy away from that like when people be like oh how you doing and I'd be like good and they're like not good like I'm not <laughs> I'm not good actually I'm I'm going through it right now I just don't answer sometimes like I've had two people this week in my family which is so strange because no one ever asked me how I'm doing they were like how you doing and I wanted to be like well I'm menstruating and I feel like I want to kill myself but otherwise <laughs> fantastic <laughs> like I'm not gonna answer you I know what you want to hear is good, and that's going to make you feel good for checking up on me once every three years. But I'm just not, I'm just going to like chillax here. So, yeah, I just, I wanted to preface that. I, you know, I have a kid. I'm not dating, but I have another person here. So maybe I'm not dealing with loneliness or I'm not dealing with dating at all. And that sounds really horrible lately. How is it date? Have you been dating? What's that like? Are you an app person? Are you a more in-person person or are you just taking this time to be like, you know what? Just Nick. Just Nick right now. So I am dating. I have a boyfriend. Yay! Uh, he is 90 minutes away. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect amount of time. <laughs> you know, when we first started dating, it did make it more difficult because when you're trying to get to know somebody, you, you have that bit right. between you. But actually, it made it really great in that every single time we met up, it had to be thought out and it couldn't just be for a coffee in a random place. It had to be thought out, you know, the actual day, make sure we both have time to get there, et cetera, et cetera. He is great. Like, I've never met a man who was so, and this is actually really sad when you think about it, never met a man who was so thoughtful, kind, nice, and just so respectful. So we haven't been dating long. We've been together since September. So it's not mega long. But yeah, it feels good. But before that, it was an absolute shit show. I've got to be honest. 
<laughs> yeah. Did you find him just like out in the wild or did you do dating apps? Dating apps. So he, okay, so I was on a few. Which one was he on? I can't remember. <laughs> was on a few. I think he was on Bumble, which is, I think you have it in America, is where the woman yeah. asks her comment, asked a message first, which is terrifying because I, I, I have zero game. <laughs> what? You're a copywriter. Can't you just come up with a hook? Do you approach your profile that way? I did. I was like, this is like a sales thing. <laughs> I did on my profile, yeah. Yeah, but with the actual messaging someone, I just felt too awkward. I think I just sent a compliment because I always feel like men never hear compliments from women. But yeah, before that, it was, no, it was not good. I just kept meeting idiots, to be honest. And so I was actually going to give up. And then I met my boyfriend, which is fun. Is he an entrepreneur too? Or does he... What is that life like? I haven't really dated. I was kind of dating people, I think, when I was ramping up into entrepreneurship and like figuring it out. And I felt like, I don't know, I don't feel like the people really understood like mm. how much work that took or how much, like, I guess how involved I had to be a little bit more chill about it. Mm-hmm. Just with experience. It was interesting dating people who were like, I clock in at nine and I clock in at five, even though I was still in corporate but had like this thing on the other side. I don't know. People definitely don't understand it unless they've done it themselves. So he has had his own like business ventures before. Right now he works in tech. So this lovely microphone, which you can't see, he actually gave to me. So thank you. Because he's made my audience (laughs) so much better. That sounds great. Thank you. So, I mean, I have no idea what it is. I couldn't even tell you. That's all right. He works in tech, but he has had like little side hustles and he's looking into something else that he could do at the moment just to bring us some money so he's like done it himself before and, and gets it and his parents both have their own businesses so I think he sees the amount of time that has to I say has to in like quote marks because it doesn't always have to be that way but so, sometimes you've got to put a shift in when you run your own business it has definite ebbs and flows he's really really understanding which is great yeah no, that's awesome. I think that's really nice. That's kind of what I want. And I'm willing to hold out for it. And I also realize I have to go outside at some point to find this person. <laughs> ah, that is tricky. Or maybe I don't. Not technically. But I want someone who kind of like understands this. And I would really like to settle down with someone who can like be a partner or something within my like. That's kind of like a prerequisite now. Like, what can you do? What can you offer? <laughs> inside of helping me in my business because right now I can't like great or even like home like I just feel like they now that I've done this for so long like I'm just like I need someone who's gonna contribute either ideas or help or at least at the minimum some joy otherwise (laughs) I don't have time for this like I don't have time I don't I don't want another job I want like a partnership I want a relationship and I feel like I don't want to say relationships are work or their jobs, but they do take, you know, some responsibility and some accountability. And when you're balanced, like doing all these things, you're just like, uh, I really hope you can meet me inside of here because this is the only time I have. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's actually important to know what you are looking for and have like that list. And all my mm-hmm. data, profile. you know how a sales page says, this is who is going to be right for this course, whatever, mm-hmm. I basically laid out, this is who I'm looking for, like these qualities. Um, yeah. 
I was just upfront about it. And what I liked about, I'm sure it's Bumble that does this. I don't think it's, no, I don't think it's one of the other ones. I think it's Bumble. It makes clear, like, if you want children, if you don't, or if you're not sure, political views, et cetera, et cetera. So once you get really clear on those things and almost like have that filter where you can say, okay, I don't want somebody who's like this, it really does actually help. And it's, it's the same as marketing and sales page, just narrowing down that, per, like your ICA. <laughs> <laughs> right. My idea. I don't know. Coupling. Beauty. Yeah, coupling. Ooh, I like coupling. Ideal coupling avatar. Maybe you can go into matchmaking. Oh, what about ideal cuddling avatar? <laughs> hey, are you enjoying Best Regards so far? Have some feedback for us? Want us to talk about a certain topic? Want to be featured? Well, go ahead right below in our show notes. and We have a link. I'm pretty sure it's give feedback, get featured. <laughs> um, and you can go ahead and leave us your reviews, your feedback, what you'd love to see more of, what you'd love to see less of and someone you'd love to have featured on the podcast. And that could easily be you. Okay? Toot your own horn, all right? Be your own cheerleader. Put yourself out there. <laughs> Go ahead and let us know in the link. It's in our show notes, and we're so happy you're here. Best regard. So what are you doing now, Nick? What kind of copy? What do you want to do? What's yeah, exciting so you right now? At the moment, I'm still working on launch copies. So I've been doing that for a few years now. I don't even know how long it's been. A couple of years. So mostly working on launch funnels. So everything from opt-in to the sales page. So lots and lots of fun. And I do that for course creators and digital product creators. So memberships, programs, masterminds, all of their sexy stuff. And I've also been working on my own digital products and funnels. So I've had a product for a while now, which called the Brand Voice Buddy, which I got rid of and then introduced with a new, deeper, bigger course. That happened in January. And I spent so long on the content, so long. And then I realized people don't want this new course. They want the buddy. Because once I got rid of the buddy, I had five people message me, literally five people in like two weeks. Message me saying, oh, I've had the sales page open for the buddy, but it's gone now. Is there any way I can buy it? And I'm like, God damn it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And what I did was exactly what I tell my clients not to do. I made a product that I wanted to create because I thought it would be better. But it's actually not what my audience needed or wanted. Yeah, right. But all is not lost because all of that new content in the new course, I'm going to reintroduce the buddy back. This is actually like top secret information. Like no one knows this actually. Um, well, so the, yes. So the buddy, I was like, you know what? I fucked up here. The buddy needs to come back. I'm going to change its name and then keep it still solving the same problem that it solved before. It basically helps people know how to nail voice so you can sound like somebody else. Keep it so it solves that problem, but it still has a lot of the new content that I've created just to bulk it out a little bit and just make it a bit deeper. I think the new product did too much stuff into it. That was a long, boring story. But yeah, I'm basically doing well and working on my own funnels and, and digital products at the moment, which is super, super fun. And it's really fun testing because I feel like when I'm testing on myself, I can learn more stuff from my clients and sort of vice versa as well. No, I love that. That's great. I go back and forth like that with the podcast. So I'm I'm working with an imposter syndrome coach and she's just like, why don't we just focus on Instagram and selling? 
and not so much on the podcast. I think I drive her nuts, but I did warn her that I'm not really good at listening to people. I was like, I'm going to be such a pain in the butt. I'm going to be such a pain in the butt. But when I do listen, I do it well. But I think it's also just come with like growth that like I have been the person who does whatever someone tells me and it doesn't work. And I'm just like, I need to follow my intuition about something. So something she'll be like, yeah, so if you did this, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But I do like those other things that you said and I will do those. And I think that was something I'm like still trying to work out. Like I still like the podcast. I've just spent the top of this podcast saying how I don't go outside and talk to anyone. So I think this is a really nice way for me to talk to people and some content and do it in a way that's not super like I'm cool with people who have really salesy podcasts. That's great, especially if you're talking about your product or whatever. But I can film. I I can film. (laughs) Look at me. I can record ads and still have conversations with people. And I think to me, I'd rather have conversations about like what life is. Mm-hmm. as the people behind these brands as opposed to like here's my three-part framework and you know like that's great and I think there's a time and a place for those episodes so the podcast basically too long don't read this podcast is for me it's not for anyone <laughs> I'm not trying to help anyone I am but I just felt like oh I'm selling all the time mm-hmm. and I just would like a place where I can create something that's just for me and I think what you're saying that's it's not in your product your products not your products though I guess that's the lesson that Nick is bestowing upon us is like yeah but not your products your products are for other people they're not for you exactly (laughs) that's a fair lesson that was a long way to get to that lesson yeah and a lot of work but actually it was good because I realized don't mess with things when they're working number one number one I just got so excited and I'm somebody that like I said before I listen to my intuition I listen to my energy and when I feel like excited about something I know that I probably should go in that direction and so I listen to the excitement and the excitement was wrong and you know what that's okay so I'm gonna be doing a bit of a u-turn and again that's okay I've tested it out it didn't work yeah it's all gonna be good in the end let's not stress about it let's not stress about it let's talk about I'm just gonna be all over the place but is so random what was baby nick like what was baby nicola like so before you got into copywriting what were you doing did you always want to be a writer i think i've heard or maybe we've talked about this you were in journalism before so you kind of were in and around this world for sort of right you've kind of been writing for a long time yeah so baby nick okay so when i was and jimmy i'm guessing baby nick is like childhood pre-college nick yeah, like what was middle school, high school Nick like? This is what, like, in your dreams of dreams, are you like, I am going to be a launch copyright? <laughs> no. You're like, every day, every day. No, like, what What were your aspirations? What was life like for Nick? Like, how did we get to this point? Okay, so this is true. I'm not making this up. So I actually dreamed of being a lawyer. I've always loved writing. I started writing a book when I was in high school, I think in the school holidays, maybe I was 12 or 30. And it started off with a shipwreck on an island. I never finished it. So I don't know how it ends, but there you go. So I've always loved writing, but at the time I wanted to be a lawyer. In the school holidays, I would literally draw out my dream house, but particularly the office. 
because I had a dream of having my own office with like five with five cabinets. That's pretty really? specific. We've like no, not five cabinets, filing cabinet. Well, filing cabinets. I think like five cabinets. I was like, that is very yeah. specific. Okay, so- filing cabinets. Okay, I know, like those green, like those, like yeah, very yeah, yeah, with a desk that was like in the middle of the room and like a corner desk. I had like dreams about having like my own corner desk. Honestly, you know what? I think maybe I need more friends. I don't know. So that is, I used to love reading, just doing my own thing I would spend a lot of time creatively like yeah designing my dream office designing my dream house but at the same time and especially when I was like younger my dad would play football on a Sunday so we'd go around fields around my town I guess like what they call it like sporting clubs and play different teams Mm -hmm. the other teams would always have children who would be watching and I would always be chatting to them making friends so it's funny like when I think about myself as a kid there was a lot of hints as to the person I was probably going to become, you know, writer and really chatty. Journalism was a perfect job for me because I got to talk to people every single day. But did I ever dream of having my own business? Never. I never. It's so weird. I, it just didn't even feel like a possibility to me. My brother was always the entrepreneurial one. He would buy sweets and stuff and take them into school and sell them to the other kids and make a profit. I was never bothered. I've never really cared about money. And so, yeah, I, I never really thought about having my own business. And it wasn't until when I became a journalist and then started copywriting on the side and realized how much money I could make being a copywriter and actually having my own business that it all started to fall into place. So, no, it was never a dream of mine. And I would never have thought this would have what happened. I don't really know what I thought I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer or a writer and have my own office at home, but never really got past that. You know? I love that. You just knew you wanted a fancy office in your home. Yeah. And so even now, so I have a one bed apartment right now. I'm sat at my dining table. It's a very nice dining table, but it's a dining table. It's not my own office. I have a co-working space I go to, but I dream of having my own house with my own office and like a desk in the the middle of the room with a rug under the desk, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Cute bookshelf behind me. Oh yeah. I got it all planned out. (laughs) I'm going to have a look. Yeah. I've got everything. I know what I want, but I just need to get my own house. <laughs> there you go. That could be the next goal. I love that. What did I want to be? I wanted to be a lot of things. That didn't really make a lot of sense. But I think at one point I wanted to be, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I won't say it didn't make a lot of sense. I guess together they maybe make a lot of sense. I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I wanted to be, I don't know. I just wanted to wear really fabulous clothes to your point. Pull up in a really nice office. It didn't really make much sense. Tell a lot of people what to do and then like go home. Like I wanted to seem and look fabulous and busy, but I really like there's people doing all this stuff for me. Like that has always been like I kind of wanted to be like a nicer Devil Wears Prada person. Like I just I just wanted to be whoever she is, but just like nice. So just like not a giant crabby patty. But I did want to be. That's all, that's all I knew. I didn't care if it was going to happen as an actor. There was parts of me that wanted to be an actress. There was parts of me that wanted me to do a bunch of like things, kind of like just calling the shots and being a little whimsical and doing whatever I wanted. But like, I wanted to be the person that people were like, well, what does she do? Like, she always seems so busy. <laughs> she looks totally with your friends. So fabulous. Busy. And she's always around. But like, what does she do? 
That's literally what my friends and family say about me now. And they probably say that about you too, because no one knows what copywriters do. No one gets it unless you work in the space. No, no. My, me and my mom actually had a really deep conversation because I was like, to your point, like brand voice, right? I'm writing for someone who, and I don't know if you get this, but they really like my voice, right? And they really like what they've seen me write for other people. And there probably is a through line, but for the most part, it's that person's voice, right? It's not mine. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the way maybe I pull in anecdotes or story. Like, and then I do tend to write with people who kind of are in my range of voices, mm -hmm. right? Because there's probably a voice I can't write very well. I haven't, there has to be, or I wouldn't even touch. I don't know. I could filter people in who fit in that range. And so I'm writing for someone now who's kind of in that range. But to me, I'm trying not to sound like I hate their copy because yeah, I don't. It's a little bit more fluff in their copy mm -hmm. that like I would normally be like, OK, love that. But let's dial it back. Like, mm -hmm. I love this fluff in emails. I love this fluff in captions. I don't love this fluff in what needs to be a really elevated, high end, concise website. Right. That's where you're like, we don't want to confuse people. Right. And so I was having a really hard time trying to check my ego someplace and being like, well, you get paid to write in their voice. You don't get paid to tell them that their voice sucks. Like, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> and the other part of me was just like, no, we can find a way to maybe strike that and come to that point, be able to express that point. That like, there's times and places for this, those really fun asides. And that's what microcopy is for. We can use those fun asides for microcopy. But right now, we want people navigate well and we don't want to confuse them with like asides like not everything needs imagery I guess is where I'm going with this mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to explain this to my mom and she's like I'm sorry like what is it that <laughs> I'm like mom I'm writing a website and she's like okay and why is the fluff not good and I'm like ma when you're buying something you want to read a story you want to buy something she's like it depends I'm like whatever goodbye <laughs> like, I <love> it. <laughs> and I was like, like trying to explain she's like but what is it what is it exactly that you do and it was just like really funny after I went through this whole like talking to myself this whole tangent about like refighting this creative ego to just get this copy <laughs> right and she's like yeah but what is it that you're doing though and I'm like I just told you I was writing a website and she's like right <laughs> like forget it <laughs> Forget it. I don't want to talk to you anymore about this. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. Do you ever have that? Can you tell someone? <laughs> no, your voice is wrong. No. But like what works inside of their voice and what makes sense for what we're trying to convey. Right? Definitely. Like I feel sometimes when I'm telling someone like, mm, can we just like distill and turn it down right here? Just because I really want this to make sense. And I feel like if we get too personality filled that we're gonna miss the mark here no you definitely can a strong brand voice isn't just you or me or the client as in like our own brands not us three and the client that, that wouldn't make sense but it's not my brand your brand the client's brand it's your client's brand a bit of their own personality and what makes sense for the audience. So it's almost like a trifecta, like those three things. It all has to come together. It can't just be my entire personality because there's bits of my personality that I probably 
wouldn't make sense to my brand and I don't want my audience to see and it's exactly the same thing so if that fluff yes it might be part of the personality of your client but if it's not making sense for the audience then it's damaging the brand like you said you can't have too much personality so the way that I approach it is okay like what are the parts of your personality that the audience loves what's your competitor's personality which parts of your personality like differs to your competitors we can use that as a differentiator and what resonates with your audience because that's like when you look at like a Venn diagram like the middle bit that's where we want to aim for and it sounds like the fluff is way too far on the left where it might not resonate with the audience and give them what they need in terms of that direct get to the point information because on a website you don't want to have to search around to like go through loads of crap just to get to the point and find the button that you're looking for you want to get to that like there's a place for that put that in the blog post put that in social media captions there's there's a place for that extra fluff and the extra stories if they want them but no I agree in a website shouldn't be there and I think it's okay to tell the client that and and tweak it slightly yeah no that makes sense and I was like yeah there's places for that like you're about me we can be as fluffy as we want to be gonna get it when you're like reading it you're like I would have put this here and I'm like okay so then put it <laughs> I don't know what to tell you like you're not hurting my feelings I'm not in your brain you can totally <laughs> tell me and then do it put it there I mean at the, at the end of the day once I hand this copy to you it's yours you can do whatever you want with it to be quite frank so it was just really funny me trying to explain that to her and she was just like yeah but what is it that you're saying and what do you do what is this person paying you to do like to write her website mom it's really not that deep I'm just having an existential ego crisis and I wanted to talk it out with you. Clearly, you're not the person I should be talking this out with. It is so frustrating when you're trying to explain a business problem or a copy problem, whatever. And then the person that you're venting to is like, "Uh, can we like backtrack? I'm like, no, like I'm too angry to give context right now. That's not the point of the story. (laughs) Just yeah. give me a walk. Tell me it'll be okay. You don't need context. You don't need to get like what it is I actually do. Just know that I'm pissed off. Right. Just like, <laughs> just know I don't want to say things like this. I don't want my name on things that say things like this, which is fine. I can go for days with that. I feel like if I keep talking about it, I'm going to blow this person up. So I'm not going to say it anymore. But it was just funny. And like their idea of like what's imagery and what resonates. And I'm like, oh. I mean, like for me, my goal is like I want the pop culture references and I want the sentiment and I want the website to age well. You know, I want to mitigate as much cringe as humanly possible, as much cringe and confusion. I think before it was just confusion. Now I'm considering cringe when I write copy. And so I'm trying to avoid as much. And I can't like I don't have a a magic ball where I can be like, oh, well, that person's going to do something problematic soon. but. (laughs) I want this to age well and I want this to make sense you know I I want imagery to make sense where it needs to make sense and should we be using imagery or should we be using like do you mean imagery or do you mean future pacing I think I mean a website has pictures that's Mm -hmm. imagery if it was just text I could understand why we need to paint some pictures with words but there's pictures yeah, and as they say, a picture paints a thousand words. So, right, like, can't we just? Yeah, but I don't know. Which sounds like that's why you're an amazing copywriter because you want your copy to last for as long as possible, and that's what gives your clients a really great ROI working with you. 
because that website will last however long. If you use that cringe stuff in six months, a year's time, I'll be like, oh, we need to rewrite this because that's cringy. And you'd be like, I told you this a year ago. <laughs> right. Or like the show is not going to be relevant. You know, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> no one's going to care. No one's like, you've got to like figure out what these timeless things are. And no one, yeah, no one's going to know what this means five years from now. Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But like, we're going to use this. Let's try to use some timeless things. And I think to that point, like, I feel like a lot of people downplay demographics. And I'm like, it matters. No, it does, because they're going to have different pop culture references. Right. If everyone is in their 30s, 40s, 50s that come to your website, and I say Jane Fonda, they're going to know who that is. Maybe an 18-year-old knows who Jane Fonda is, but I don't think so. They might. Mm. Or they might be like, my mom knows who Jane Fonda is, but I don't know who she is in the context of this. They won't, honestly. I don't, it won't be as important. I won't have like a, a visceral feeling, and that's what we want. Exactly. The comet won't land. Yeah, that the comet will land. So like I'm thinking about that even now. So I think my approach and why I can do copy in such a short amount of time and I can be so good with voice is because I do have a very obsessive, addictive personality. Now that I've watched you, have you seen you on Netflix? I have. So now that I have seen that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm like literally that guy. Except I don't murder people. I just write their copy. So by the time you've gotten to me, you think like, the sweet little copywriter she's gonna write my stuff in three days and we just have her conversation and from this conversation she knows everything about me I'm like since the time you've filled in that form which was like a month ago I have been binging you and your every move and so by the time we get to your thing of course I can write but I I've I've been thinking about like that's such a great framework but is you and is Joel Goldberg gonna be this timeless thing like Gossip Girl was, right? Because I think he was on Gossip I've never watched that show. So no. I don't really know. I think he was no. on there. I don't know if it's going to be a timeless thing. I think it feels very 2022 and 2023 for sure. It's great. But maybe you could, I feel like Tiger King is going to be timeless. And maybe you could be like, you're one of the tigers. You're like Joe. Is, that, is he called Joe in Tiger King, I think? You're like his hatred against Carabaskin, the way he was like obsessed with Carabaskin, that's you. <laughs> right. Like that will always have, for those particular people, a time in whatever. But like, I know it won't, it may be great. That reference may be great in an email, like a really relevant email now since season four just came out or whatever. But like forever, for me to put Joe Goldberg on my website, not going to happen. Because I don't think going to make it past I don't know, the 2020s. I don't see it going. Like, it's great. And whoever really loved Penn Badgley loves Penn Badgley. But I don't, like, I wasn't even in there for, like, the phenomenon that was Gossip Girl. I don't, doesn't resonate with me, may resonate with my audience. Not really. I don't know. So, like, I won't end up putting that on my website. Doesn't make any sense. To your point, like, I'm just trying to figure out. It's weird because this is your client, your client. And, like, but I'm paying you. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, okay. Well, Exactly. You're paying me. Okay, I want to get this right. And it's important to be strategic. You can't just pick like any TV show just because it's in now. You got to think what actually resonates with my audience and like what are they actually going to get? Like I've seen you, but if you put, a, I don't even know his name, Joe Bloomberg, whatever you said in your website, I don't know his full name. I've seen every season apart from the latest one. 
And that probably still wouldn't land with me because I don't actually know his full name. Maybe if he said love from you, probably would have gone. Oh, yeah. She was crazy. She was a great character. She was a fantastic actress. I was like, she plays intense people very well. Like, I was annoyed by her. I was like, Joe, no. No. She's so annoying that we have to deal with her for a whole season. She's just too much. We just can't do her the whole time. And then I was like, oh, you know, she really matches your crazy. She's fantastic for you. Loved and it's it. maybe even crazier. And I was like, this is so good. I really wish she could be the whole next you if they ever did a spinoff. But he killed her, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it's a weird show. Like, sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. And I was just like, uh. I really love his whole vibe as a framework, but I can't for many reasons. I don't think I can use it. Also, I might scare my clients. So, like, so you stalk me? Yeah. Not that, I'm like, there's some kind of patience for sure. It's interesting you say that about being obsessive and having that as a potential framework because I have a very similar approach to my clients. I listen to their podcasts. I like read all of their Instagram captures. Like, by the time I've started writing their copy, I've got so much research and intel on them, what they like, how they talk. It is a bit creepy, actually. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what's been kind of the struggle with this client who I absolutely love. I find the way she talks to her community in person is actually quite different than the voice she writes in. Yeah, you'll and find I, a lot. And I think that that's where I get like, I'm like, what are you talking about? This is you. This is your voice. I literally took this off the transcription. These are your words. But I'm also like, ah. Her copy kind of has its own persona. Yeah, that's why you need to be got to be careful when listening to people because mm. people talk very differently to how they write or they can do. Some people, it'll be very similar, but you can't edit conversation, but you can edit copy. So when you're checking someone's copy, that is very likely that version has been edited a million times or at least two or three. Whereas like this conversation we're having, the way we're talking, we might not write like this in that copy. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Well, that's all we have time for today. <laughs> what, a weird, what a weird mic drop. We ended on copy. We ended up at copy. Nick, where can people find you and what's coming up next? Oh, I love that question. So you can find me at my website, nicolamores.com, or I'm always on Instagram. Remember, I've got no children. Live alone. <laughs> Remember? Remember, guys? So at Nicola Moores and what's coming up next for me. So I've got a few large projects for my clients. I'm very excited about I've just got really great clients at the moment. I've just written for a lady who calls herself, you would love this, the dominatrix of sales. And so her sales page was filled with like dominatrix language. Oh, it was so much fun. And yeah, I'm releasing a new digital product in March, which I'm really excited about. So yeah, just planning the launch for that. So just launches all around, basically, for me and my clients. Fun. Awesome. 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 Yeah, I can't wait. I love that. I love when people kind of have that little little twist on life. I feel like you can learn about a whole new culture without having to like, I don't know. And I think that's really exciting about you doing launch copywriting, even though it's like, oh, I write launches and I do programs and courses. But there's so many things that people are teaching out there. So it sounds really exciting. It is exciting. And I like that I only work on projects with clients that I really feel excited about. Because if I felt bored about it or didn't care, the copy is going to be shit, isn't it? So, you know, when it lights me up, 
Yeah. Um, know that I'll do a much better job for my clients and that's what they're paying me for they're paying me to care <laughs> yeah I'm paying you to like this and like writing it so good luck yeah. <laughs> so good well thank you so much for coming on thank um, you yeah and have have a great rest of your evening thanks so much